Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, broadcasting live every Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m. Central, from Panama City Beach, Florida, home of the world's most beautiful beaches. I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone for joining me on my weekly broadcast. Every week, I'll feature some of the best instructors, coaches, authors, and entrepreneurs in the golf business today. I begin with a great discussion on Coach's Corner, followed by an insightful interview with my special guest. So let's get started by introducing tonight's Coach's Corner panel. All right, thank you everybody for joining me live once again here on Thursday evening, June 13th, here on Golf Talk Live. Very, very excited. A couple of quick announcements and uh, about tonight's show and uh, a quick intro on the sponsor, and then uh, we'll begin, uh, begin the show. Um, for those of you that tuned in last week, you probably noticed that there was a uh, lengthy pause about, I think, eight to ten minutes into the program. Uh, yours truly, unfortunately, got kicked out of the system and uh, had a little bit of a trouble uh, getting back in. So I apologize for those of you that wondered what had happened. That's what happened. Uh, we were actually having a great discussion about um, technology, and uh, my technology decided to uh, uh, basically give me a spanking, if you will, and kick me out of the program. So I apologize <laughs> for those of you who tuned in and wondered what happened. we got a great uh, show tonight. we got two uh, wonderful professionals here on the Coach's Corner panel. I'm going to introduce uh, both of them in just a, a minute here. Um, and then a little bit later on, I'm going to be joined by uh, two very special guests, uh, Brian Finnerty. He's the founder and chief executive officer of V1 Sports, and Ray Schusler. He is the director of instruction for Schusler Golf Academy. Uh, they're going to be joining. We're going to talk, believe it or not, again, about uh, a little bit about technology, particularly V1, uh, here later on the broadcast. And as I said, we're going to start off here in just a second with uh, Coach's Corner panel. And I've got two great professionals who I'm going to introduce in just a moment. But I want to remind everybody, of course, um, the Coach's Corner panel has – uh, once again, secured uh, some great sponsorship this season uh, by GolfSwing.com. They're a great organization. They're going to be sponsoring the Coach's Corner panel throughout uh, the rest of this season, so I'm very, very excited to have them back on. And also, they're offering a, uh, a great uh, special right now to all of the Golf Talk Live listeners. So if you uh, join their online video academy, uh, they're offering a uh, 50% savings off of their uh, uh, subscription price, uh, just enter promo code GOLFTALKLIVE at uh, checkout and uh, you'll get that, that savings at that point. So let me tell you a little bit about them. I'll introduce the panel and we'll get into tonight's discussion. Golfswing.com with its cutting edge technology have teamed up alongside some of the best golf instructors, coaches, and swing gurus in the business. Together they have created one of the best video teaching and training online platforms in golf. So if you're ready to break 100, 90, 80, or even 70, then join their online video academy and learn from some of the best. And don't forget, at the end of the show, go to golfswing.com, uh, sign up for their online video academy, enter the promo code GOLFTALKLIVE, and save 50% off the subscription price. So thanks uh, for doing that. Thank you to golfswing.com for sponsoring the program again this season. I appreciate it very much. All right, we've got Golf uh, uh, Talk Live's Coach's Corner, and I've got two great panelists uh, back again this week. Uh, John Hughes, he's a PGA Master Professional and president of uh, the North Florida PGA section. Uh, he was also the recipient of the 2013 PGA of America Horton Smith Award, uh, as well as a top 30 instructor with Golf Tips Magazine, and one of my favorites here on the Coach's Corner panel. Uh, also joining the panel again this season is Sue Weger. 
she is a number one best-selling international author of a great book, Golf, The Last Six Inches, Change Your Brain, Change Your Game. Uh, she's also a motivational speaker and peak performance coach and a 24-year veteran of the LPJ Class A uh, golf professional and also uh, owner of Uyghur Consulting, LLC, and also Sue Uyghur Golf Academy. Guys, welcome back to Coach's Corner Panel here on Golf Talk Live. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, Ted. Looking forward to the conversation tonight. All right. We're going to talk about uh, something a little bit uh, different here. We've touched on this, but I want to get into a little bit more. And, and Sue, if, if you don't mind, I'm going to start with you uh, this week. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, junior golf camps. Uh, this is something that, mm-hmm. you know, as summer sort of is rolling in, uh, right now for many around the country, even up in the Northeast, despite all the rain and, and even the Midwest that they've been getting, uh, all the little mm-hmm. monsters, if you will, are, are getting out of school right now. And parents are looking for some things to do and, and obviously maybe signing them up for some junior golf camps is a good idea. So I, I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some of the differences between teaching them and, and actually coaching uh, the the youngsters as well. Um, so what I want to talk about is you know, when we're teaching some of the fundamentals, if you will, of, of the golf swing and, you know, things like pitching and chipping and so on, uh, obviously we want to make it a, a fun learning environment uh, for anybody, regardless of age, but uh, particularly for the younger kids because their attention span can be a little bit shorter. So, um, Sue, I know that you work with juniors as well as, as I know John does. Um, talk about some mm-hmm. of the things when you're, you know, how much is is, is enough and how much is too much when it gets into some of the basics of, of understanding golf? When do you sort of find that dividing line? At what age is it appropriate uh, to get into that? And what uh, age is it sort of maybe this is a little bit too soon to get that kind of involved? Well, what what I found is, you know, the word play has to be involved in everything that you do with juniors. And I don't mean play golf. I mean play. Um, right. You know, in, in the sense that, you know, what are they going to play? The other thing is transfer of learning and motor skills. And so for the younger kids, anywhere from like four to six-year-old, we, we incorporate all kinds of fun things in regards to teach them transfer of skills of motor skills. Like, you know, as you know, in physical education classes, they used to teach motor skills, you know, hopping, skipping, jumping, anything that has to do with rotation. So like for a quick little fun little drill we do is we have, no- we have noodle fights. We take pool noodles. And we have sword fights because what sword fights do is it teaches them balance. It teaches them have fun. Nobody gets hurt. <laughs> right. Um, with right. That. So, well, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, for, as you can imagine, but we just make it fun. And I think that's really important is for juniors is, is to have fun and, and just teach them different motor skills. That's what we do with a lot of um, my younger juniors and, um, because a lot of the times their equipment that they have is too heavy or um, that type of thing. So uh, we just make it fun, and we we have a lot of different activities to incorporate the word play. So whether or not it's, you know, getting them into the sand bunker right away and, and making sandcastles and hitting golf balls off the sandcastles, that kind of thing. Right. That's the kind of stuff that we – that's the kind of stuff that we do. So I think it's just important to, you know, trans, transfer the learning of motor skills and, and make the – and make it fun with it, with whatever they're doing, whether it's putting, chipping, pitching, or full swing is just make it fun. Yeah. And that's important, John, you know, I think, and I'm going to ask you something a little bit slightly different here, but um, you know, I think it is very important as Sue pointed out that, you know, we make it fun uh, 
particularly for for the little ones because I think again as I mentioned you know the, the um, attention span of, of kids uh, especially at a, a very young age uh, is very very minimal and if they get too in, involved and too engaged in, in certain things uh, they can actually lose interest so if it's, if it's overly complicated or difficult for them to grasp um, that's going to be an issue for them so Obviously, through games and, and other things, as Sue mentioned, John, you know, we want to, to be able to uh, encourage them to, to play and have fun. Um, but what's sort of the transition point that you have found? When is it time, okay, let's now get into some of the basics of golf and help them to understand not just so much how to play the game um, and how to hit the ball, um, but a little bit about what golf is all about and how, how it works overall? You could you could potentially uh, put some guidelines in as far as age groups. Uh, but what I've found that works the best is when the junior, whether a golfer, baseball player, whatever, starts asking questions. That's, that's normally the time that their minds are receptive. Uh, they're curious and the engagement you provide them, so long as it's fairly simple, not overly complicated, they can retain that, especially if you put a little emotional hook to it, as well as make uh, just a, a small little game out of it. It doesn't have to be textbook. It doesn't have to be by the numbers. It doesn't have to be absolutely perfect, so long as they're as Sue pointed out, learning to use motor skills in various different ways. The the technique comes from when they start asking questions. My son was a great example. I tried very, very hard not to coach it or teach him until he asked a question. And I just allowed him to develop, experiment, enjoy himself that way. I think a lot of parents can sometimes get a little overzealous and want that perfect swing a little bit too quick mm-hmm. before the child's ready to absorb that information. I think if you're paying attention to your child, they're asking questions you can't answer. It's a great time to start find someone who specializes in teaching youngsters technical skills in a fun way. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well said. And Sue, one of the other things too, obviously, you know, um, when you're having, uh, you know, as the summer rolls in, as I mentioned, um, and you're getting some of the, the youngsters wanting to come into the programs. Obviously, their, their parents are, are bringing them there, um, and it's obviously a, a great opportunity to have a discussion with the parents and talk about a couple of things. One of the things, obviously, uh, to tell them a little bit about what the programs entail and what's involved and, and what some of the guidelines are going to be, but also um, to help eliminate some of the pressure that the child might feel from the parents. I mean, it's already stressful enough mm-hmm. uh, being in that environment with, with other kids and that they don't know maybe quite yet, uh, especially if there's the first time. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, obviously mom and dad uh, sometimes or, or one or the other uh, want to be there to, to watch what's going on. And it can be very intimidating. There's, you know, a lot of things. So that's kind of a dicey situation too. So what are some great things that you found that work best for your situation uh, when that happens, when you're having that discussion with the parents? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, whenever we have a group um, junior program, we always bring the parents to the first session because I think it's important to lay out the expectations of of everyone, expectations of the coach, expectations of the players, and expectations of the parent. And then just, you know, um, 
um, have conversations with parents about, you know, what are your expectations? And sometimes the expectations, as we all know, are, are, are disappointing. <laughs> and right. we, what I, what I always, what I always share with the parents is like, be a parent. So give your, you know, give your child the emotional support that you need, whether or not if it's in golf or in baseball or whatever sport it is, is give them the emotional support as a parent. Remember your role is a, is a, is a parent. Um, so stay in that role rather than, you know, being a coach or being a um, somebody that's going to tell them, well, what did you do wrong today in a, in a sense? So give them the right emotional support and give them the positive um, reinforcement. And I have a little um, handout that I just give to the parents just as a reminder, you know, the basic, the basics, meaning, you know, give your child emotional support, be that positive role model. Ask the, ask the questions that you really want to know about, like, well, what did you learn today or what was fun about the day? Um, and sometimes the, those younger kids aren't going to come back with, with golf answers. Sometimes they're going to say, hey, right. I met this person or, you know, that type of thing. Right. Um, because it's about, it's about human development at, at that age as well. So um, that's what we try to do is we just try to set the expectations out in front in the sense that this is what um, – and, and, and talk to the parents about, you know, being, be a parent. You're, the, you're their emotional support. So um, just keep playing, playing that role. Um, because then they, your child will be, um, will be able to be, um, can come to you and say, well, okay, this is what I did, and they, and they feel safe about talking about it, and um, and I think that's when you start, you get you get them to start talking about it, and they're like, oh, okay, you know, they're getting a lot of things out of this, and it's not just about golf. Right, and it's a great way too, especially you know, for developing some friendships. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, outside mm-hmm. of the traditional classroom that obviously you know they're away from school mm-hmm. and there may be some kids there that they know from school but uh, in some cases there may not be so it's a great opportunity to meet some new people and they're sharing a common interest and bond if you will learning something new um, and, and John this sort of begs the question um, you know obviously as, as we know and, and it's not just limited to juniors obviously every golf uh, or every individual out there but every golfer is different so how do you find balance when addressing some of the needs of, of the junior golfers? I mean, uh, there's a lot of variables that can come into it, I realize, but just give it a, a basic overview. When you're dealing with, with differences, there's different skill levels, even at the same age, a um, lot of factors to involve. How do you find that balance as a, as a coach and teacher? Well, you, you hope in a group situation uh, as a coach that some of the administrators have taken some of that load off you by putting like individuals of skill set and or general interest together. And that in itself takes care of about 50% of it. The other 50% probably has more to do with the expectation that that junior is presenting to themselves versus what they're realistically capable of doing while at the same time talking at their level, not necessarily a lower level, but coaching at a level that they feel like, Hey, I'm right there with them versus being too authoritative or too dumbed down for them. Uh, it's, it's a lot about communication, but from an evaluation standpoint of view, at earlier ages, it's much easier to see physical differences and skill differences amongst players. It's about, in a group situation, trying to spend as much individual time as you can with that, with that junior in a more idealistic picture, yeah, you are just one-to-one with that child, with that junior, 
addressing their right. specific needs. That's that's the ideal. But in a small group situation, say eight or less, it's a lot about communication. It's a lot about initial evaluation and then providing something that's fun, that's challenging, that they can do not only as a group but on their own, which may in turn inspire the others in the group, not necessarily to catch up, but to try, uh, to try something new, to try something different, to uh, engage in something that may push their push their uh, limits a little bit. If you're so long as you're not so long as you're pushing those limits, challenging the youngster, uh, not a whole lot can go wrong. It's when they get bored when you're not doing that is when things can sort of fall apart on you. Yeah, some great uh, great points as well. And, and Sue, obviously, you know, we know traditionally golf is is considered to be an individual sport because obviously you're you're really playing against yourself. I mean, obviously you get into competitions at at some point, uh, hopefully, but uh, essentially you're you're playing against yourself and the elements. Um, but in a lot of the junior golf camps where you might have multiple uh, students and and so forth that you're dealing with. Uh, obviously, you want to encourage group practice and interaction. That's the purpose there. And that does a, a number of things. Um, it helps them to communicate together. And, um, you know, you may even, in some instances, pair them off uh, and maybe offer a little, uh, uh, you know, incorporate some light uh, pressure situations and get them to work as a team um, in, in mm-hmm. those efforts. So talk a little bit about that, some of the things that you like to do and, and some of the successes that maybe you found, things that you found have worked really well in your uh, junior camps. Well, yeah, we love to pair them up and one actually gets to play as, um, to be the role model as a coach and the other one gets to be as a player. And we even do it with our younger kids and it's really fun to watch how um, a four-year-old teaches someone to play golf or how a four-year-old would communicate to another <laughs> four-year-old about how right. to hold a club. It's, it's not only adorable, but um, it's their way of communicating. And again, it's, it's teaching human skills, it's teaching emotional intelligence, how do you deal with other people. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on in regards to, to spacing and, and everything. But um, yeah, we, we love doing that with our with our juniors in the sense that one gets to be, whether or not it's putting, chipping, or pitching, we'll go over and uh, once we, you know, talk about the basics, um, we'll, let, we'll let the kids um, switch roles. You get to be the player and you get to be the coach, and they, they have a blast doing it because who doesn't want to be a coach and then who doesn't want to be a player right. at one time? Um, right. But that, that seems to be very successful, and um, what I love about that is, I go and we go around and we listen to what the kids are saying because then we kind of know what they do and what they don't know. But we just let them talk and we let them coach and we let them teach and and then we switch the roles and that's one of the one of my favorite you know activities with my kids is that you know you teach me how to hold the club. What would you tell me? You know, and um, they're very creative and they're a lot of like obviously a lot of fun to work with. But that's one of my I would say one of my most successful things. Uh, activities that I do with my kids um, and the most fun for sure. Right. Well said. And I think also too, it gives you a good idea of who actually is listening to some of the, the instructions, some of the conversation, <laughs> if they, if they have an under uh, somewhat, I mean, obviously at four years old, they can only understand so much, but uh, obviously that Correct. gives you an idea whether they're, whether they're actually really, uh, you know, focusing on some of the things that you're discussing and, and actually paying attention. So, uh, as opposed to, yeah. as you said, building some sandcastles. Um, 
John, one of the things that I think we would probably all agree with is um, it's never too early to start, um, you know, uh, with discussing good etiquette, uh, etiquette, sorry, uh, and and also, um, you know, just sort of understanding uh, the rules a little bit. Obviously, you're not going to whip out a rules book and and go through rule by rule with a four-year-old, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> then again, you never know nowadays with the technology. I mean, they may they may pull it out on a tablet, but but John, you know, obviously those are important. Etiquette and and rules are important of the game. That's what makes the game very unique compared to so many other uh, sports out there. So when is it appropriate? When do you start to have that conversation? Uh, at what point? And how do you start that conversation? It actually, to me, starts at a very early age talking about safety. Uh, safety mm-hmm. at the practice facility, safety at the golf course, safety in the parking lot, safety in the clubhouse. Uh, whether you walk or run on a practice green or a green in general, uh, it starts as early as they can comprehend just a little bit of discipline, not from a negative standpoint of view. Discipline to right. me is doing the same things over and over again that make a lot of sense and that create positive outcomes. Uh, and that's certainly what safety does from many different aspects. That's the foundation to the rest of everything else, because if you can tie in certain etiquette things on the golf course to safety, that's the transitional mode into uh, etiquette, where to stand. Uh, stand in this place, not only will you be safe there, you won't cast your shadow on their, on their ball. Uh, type thing. If you can take the stepping stones, the building blocks to that, it's never too early to introduce it from a purely etiquette, more formalized type thing. Probably once they've reached the first or second grade, they've got a good understanding or decent command of the English language and understand some basic terms. Not a not a bad idea to just, let, again, let them ask some questions about rules. Maybe they're in a situation where they need some help. It's a great way to explain it to them. Maybe they're uh, searching for a ball, or maybe they're just acting in a way that's inappropriate within the rules or within the unwritten rules of etiquette. It's very, very simple to use safety early on as the bridge into yep. not only the rules of golf, but the etiquette at any age. It's a really a matter of once they become competitive, then regardless of age, which typically we see 10 to 13 years old, it's when they become competitive where this becomes more focused, more a more intently scheduled type of education for the golfer that you really need to sit them down and say, look, here's what's going on and here's what's expected of you. Until then, if you're right. making it fun, which is the general theme here, connecting all the dots, it's never too early. Yeah, and that's, that, that's a great point. Time. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point, John. You know, uh, obviously, uh, anything that you do, uh, particularly when you're working with juniors, has to be age appropriate. Um, but safety is, is 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 paramount because it, you know, I think a lot of kids don't realize, especially obviously at a, at a young age, you know, whether it be four or five, you know, even six, seven years old. Um, they're certainly um, starting to develop motor skills and they don't realize that that little white ball, um, you know, if, if struck, um, 
you know, can launch quite a distance in some cases and obviously hurt somebody uh, or swing in that club. I mean, how many times do, you know, we see, um, you know, maybe two little brothers out playing in the yard and one's playing with a bat or something like that. Well, the same thing applies to the golf club and the other one wants to run up and grab the ball right in the downswing or the backswing. So, you know, obviously having good etiquette and, and understanding safety um, right from an early age, I think is, is crucial. And also, you know, um, Sue, I think it's probably good to walk them through the facility, the different areas, as John mentioned as well, and, and showing mm -hmm. them, um, you know, it's okay to do this here, but not so okay, you know, when you're walking out on the practice tee, um, you know, you don't make a lot of noise when there's people out there warming up or, you know, if you happen to pass by the 18th green or something and somebody's getting ready to, to putt out, <laughs> Uh, you know, you don't go running out in the green or something. So there's a lot of things to, to factor in. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit, and, and now we're going to sort of up the, the grades a little bit, if you will, and, and get into some of the specifics about teaching basics to juniors. And, you know, as I already mentioned, obviously everybody's different, so we want to find some, some balance uh, there. Um, but where do you start, Sue, in, in, in your opinion, uh, and what have you found the most success uh, with, is where do you start when teaching the basics, uh, not just with um, – uh, physically where on the golf course, um, but where do you start with the fundamentals and, and with the game itself? Where do you find the most success? I find the most success with, um, you know, teaching the motor skills, um, using, you know, big balls, and um, we, we use balance pillows to just teach the, the kids, you know, what ground forces are really about, just about balance, again, about motor skills. But, and then we'll We'll put, um, like I said, noodles in their hands to, to teach a little bit of rotation. Um, and then because, the again, a lot of the juniors that come to us don't have the proper equipment. They're usually too heavy or um, too long. <laughs> so right. we, like to use a lot of, we like to use a lot of different apparatuses. Um, we use soccer balls. We use footballs. Uh, we use smaller balls. We use softballs. Um, we use soccer balls. So what I'll go through is we'll go through stations and kind of like a obstacle course in the sense that we use for motor skills. Uh, and then we'll put um, uh, like a soccer ball in their hand and teach them how to throw it underhand or um, like it with a softball, depending on the age group and depending on the, the size of the youth. But um, we just do a lot of with motor skills. And then we'll talk about how does that transfer into what does it look like in regards to a golf swing? Um and then we'll and we have um, like uh, you know smaller um, golf golf clubs for the kids, uh, and then we'll talk about what we talk about handshake grips and you know uh, how to hold the club and and such. But really, just the basics in the sense of okay, what do they normally do? You know, run run um, hop skip. But we start teaching rotation pretty quickly. Um, mm -hmm with the, with those motor skills. And then we'll just put a golf club in their hand and saying, okay, what's, what's different here, you know, and we'll talk about it. Um, and we yeah. kind of build it from there. That's, that's what we do. That's what we do. Yeah. I, I think that's good. Uh, you know, as you said, I think it is good to start. Um, sometimes simpler is, is better. I think you have to be careful um, that you don't introduce uh, elements of, of golf too quickly uh, at a young age again, yeah. because you know, golf, golf is difficult enough, even trust me for, for some of the adults <laughs> out there uh, to pick up. And, you know, although some of these young kids coming up now are pretty gosh darn smart, um, it still can be very complicated. And, and I think one of the things that we as professionals have to be careful of is that we, if we overwhelm them with too much information very early on, yes. 
Um, yeah. One, they're going to lose interest um, just because it, mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it gives the illusion of, of being too complicated. And uh, also, it's, it's a lot to remember for, for somebody at that age. Um, so th- that brings me to a point, John, I want to ask you, um, you know, in, in addition to, you know, a general audience here, we also get uh, many of our fellow pros that, that tune into the show uh, as well. So, um, you know, teaching juniors may not be for everybody. So if you were, you know, talking to some of your fellow, fellow pros, what do you think they need to know when working with juniors? Um, what are some, some tips or guidelines that you would, uh, if you were, you know, talking to maybe uh, somebody that's new to the to PGA or LPGA teaching uh, side of things, um, what advice would you give them when, when working with juniors? First and foremost, remember what it's like to be them and their age and the environment that they're in. Uh, so many of us tend to forget that at an adult age, whether it's golf or anything else, when you can when you can right. remind yourself of what it was like to be six years old in a strange place with a bunch of strange people and you have this weapon of mass destruction in your hand and you're imagining what you can and can't do with it. And then some authoritative yeah. six foot plus person says no, that can yeah. be sometimes intimidating, but on the other hand, it may be the challenge to the young man or woman who 40 years from now says, don't tell me no, I'll get this done. If you tell me no, I'll find a way to do it. And they're out there, and you have to remember what it is to be them first and foremost. Uh, I think you also have to take into consideration the general idea of what you're trying to get across each and every day, each and every session, each and every moment. To over-teach is where kids, you lose their attention. And you have to understand that attention span based on age, based on skill, based on socialization and and what their culture may or may not be. And you've got to have a pretty good understanding of that. that. That's just homework stuff. From a technical standpoint of view, yeah, you can impress a young man or woman by how much you know, but how much can you actually take of your knowledge and transfer to them from an inspirational standpoint of view? And I think that's really the third and biggest thing, that if you hit the first two, you can become an inspiring coach, not necessarily a dictative coach. And that's something that I've always been, my parents always made sure at a young age I was around a lot of inspiring people, not necessarily authoritative people. And that really helped me out a lot. And that's something that I remember and try to emulate as best I can when I'm around juniors. It's been quite a long time since I've specialized in juniors, uh, but I do remember that those three things made me successful. Yeah, and and that well said, John. You know, and, and that raises another point too. I think that that as a, a golf professional, you know, it, it's great to get out there, and we all want to do what we can. But I think you have to really um, do an honest self-assessment um, of yourself, that is, and and decide, you know, what area you really want to focus on because it's not easy. Um, you know, you, you can't be. Uh, a pro of all trades, so to speak, you know, uh, you might specialize like for me, for instance, I'll be quite honest and I've made no bones about this on the show. Uh, I don't particularly teach juniors, not that I don't enjoy kids. I, uh, you know, kids are wonderful. I was one once, but uh, you know, it takes, I think uh, a special mindset to, to do that. 
And I think that, you know, if you're not able to do some of the things that we've talked about here tonight um, with, with some relative ease, then it's going to become a complicated process um, as a coach. And you're going to obviously not uh, get the success that you're, you're, you're hoping for. And obviously what we want to do is we want them to have uh, a good time and, and enjoy themselves, but we want them to walk away from that experience feeling like they've accomplished something and, and that they can be proud of themselves, even if they only hit the ball five feet off the ground or, you know, uh, forward mm-hmm. uh, or even to the side, you know, you want them, as you point out, John, you want them to have a, a sense of, of accomplishment and, and to feel good and be encouraged and motivated and not feel, well, you didn't hit that here or you didn't do that here um, and, and feel like they're always being sort of uh, condemned. Um, the other thing, you know, Sue, that, um, you know, we, we touched on a little bit um, and I want to bring back when teaching them is, is, again, putting them in those sort of pressure situations, introducing, you know, again, some light competition, uh, whether it be on the mm-hmm. practice facility. Uh, so, again, I'm, we're going to, again, up the age group a little bit. We're going to get away from, you know, some of the real junior juniors like the four and five year olds um, and maybe get into, you know, even the early teens. Um, now you want them, mm-hmm. you know, they've, they've developed some skills and you want them to, to get in more competition if that's their interest. Um, so what areas specifically do you like to focus on there? Uh, and do you like to get them out in the course fairly early uh, in that process in order to get them in sort of a real life situation as opposed to just hitting balls on a range? Oh, absolutely. I mean, on courses, um, on course experience is just, you know, is vital and, you know, we <clears throat> just similar to the Operation 36, where <clears throat> you know you start them 20, 25 yards and in, and and teach them, you know, putting, chipping, pitching in regards to uh, making par from 25 yards and in, and then going from, and then once they successfully go from there, we're going to the 50-yard mark, and and so on and so forth. But on the golf course, um, its experience is so vital um, because it's not just okay. We're going to take some practical skills but we also have to take our human skills on the golf course because now it's a different environment. And, um, you know, golf is, is about the only sport that I know that you don't get to practice on the court. And I think that's a disservice to our game. I think we need to have more opportunity to be out on the golf course to teach everyone, um, you know, the, the game itself. And, um, so on the golf course is, 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 extremely vital um, because it's where we play the game. Um, and there's so many different situations, whereas most people in driving range, what do they do? They stay on the one spot, the flat lie. They usually roll the ball over yeah. and it's a good lie. But on the golf course, there's different situations and you have to teach them that golf is like life. There's going to be different situations that come up. And how do you deal with that situation um, yourself as far as emotionally um, you know, how you treat yourself, what's your mindset going into this certain situation, just like that in life. And I think that's where, um, like I said, uh, I would love to see, we would love to see more um, opportunity on the golf course um, with our players, especially juniors. Right. And, and you know, I, something I'd like to, to see happen, you know, that there's been a lot of discussion, you know, in recent years with the golf industry about how to get more people involved in the game and, and how to, you know, uh, continue to, to have that growth. And I think one of the issues that I've seen, and I think obviously there are a lot of factors involved with with course closures and things like that. But you know, um, you know, I certainly, as as all we all do, you know, love a great golf course. But one of the problems is that 
you know, you can't always go out there, um, you know, when you've got members playing and things like that and, and get into your own practice session. I would like to see mm-hmm. sort of the resurgent or redevelopment, if you will, of, of some of these more executive style courses and not even necessarily an 18 hole or even a nine hole. I would like to see in mm-hmm. communities, uh, you know, instead of having, you know, six, 7,000 uh, yard courses, you know, break them down and, 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 into smaller mm-hmm. land pockets, if you will, of even just a three-hole uh, practice facility, yes. so that coaches and totally teaching professionals can take their, you know, take their kids out there mm-hmm. uh, and juniors out there, mm-hmm. and even adults go out there to warm up instead of having to go and then let them transition mm-hmm. as they get better uh, or or want to play, then play uh, because it's very difficult, as you said, you know, you're you're sort of raking and, and hitting balls off a perfect lie off the range all the time, and some courses do have. Uh, a par three facility uh, or an executive type course facility, uh, but not a lot of them do. And that's, I think, one of the issues and one of the problems in the industry. I'd like to see more of that happening because, you know, I look back to my own situation, uh, you know, that's where my father took me uh, the very first time I played golf uh, for quite some time, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, teaching me the the basics and and helping me understand before I got to go, you know, and play at the country club, so to speak. So uh, a lot of things to to consider. you know, John, I want to move on to um, to more junior coaching, if you will. Uh, and, and the question I have for you is is really what's involved in coaching juniors as opposed to just giving lessons. Um, a lot of people, uh, especially that are not in the golf industry, might be confused by that. What's the difference between a coach and uh, and just a, a standard teaching professional? Um, what are you going to do differently if you're coaching my junior as opposed to just giving them a lesson on the range? Great question. Uh and I have to use my high school team that I coach as a great example. The skill levels of that team vary so much from young ladies who have never picked up a golf club to someone who's wanting to compete uh, potentially for a college scholarship. And the balance I have to take there is, is quite extraordinary from an instruction standpoint of view. It's instruction light. Uh, it's not – instruction at that point has to become owned by the individual golfer, not necessarily by the coach. The coach is there to guide, to lead, to uh, ensure that the golfer and or the team is doing things in a harmonious way to achieve the objectives of the particular tournament, the season, the year, not only as a team, but for individuals. So a lot of times people think of, okay, here's coaching, and I try to use my practice as coaching and apply it to the girls, but there's a lot of times I'm out there literally providing tips, instructional tips, and I have to draw the line at some point to make sure that my responsibility as coach goes forward, and therein lies the best definition I've been on the program before on mm-hmm. record is saying, hey, teachers, they do a minimal. They they may know a minimal, and they're very passionate at the beginning of what they're doing and have all the best interests at heart of themselves, the people they're mm-hmm. influencing, as well as the other people that surround the people they're, they're teaching. So they don't necessarily go over the top to do anything different. The next level to me would be instructor, the person who's a little bit more engaged, a little bit more passionate, investing in themselves and trying to 
do the little bit extra. Maybe in the classroom, the person's pulling a, a student aside and saying, hey, if you need any help, let me know, and here's some office hours that I'm there. Uh, the coach is going way beyond that, and that's probably the top 1% or 2% of our profession. They're not pulling the person aside and letting them know what the office hours are. They're pulling them aside and saying, let me help you. Here's, here's what I see. Here's how this can happen for you. Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about that? Instruction is just that. You're providing a direction. You're, you're really not leaving too many outs or too many inquisitive moments for the person. It's let's get it done. Let's do it this way. And up the bell rang and let's go. Where coach leaves things open for debate, leaves things open for question and self-discovery to allow that individual to nurture themselves to a point while learning from their mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. In instruction, there's no time for mistakes. Let's just move on. Here's what we need to do. Where a great coach is going to get be very supportive, very inspirational, but yet at the same time understand mistakes are okay, uh, but we're going to learn from those mistakes. We're going to mature as an individual. We're going to mature as a team from there so we can reach our goals. Right. Right. Well said. Um, and, and Sue, you know, obviously, again, um, you know, everything's sort of age appropriate, but as we start to get into um, uh, the juniors that are a little bit older uh, and they're more conscious of, of what's going on, um, do you discuss the importance, especially in a coaching environment, uh, you know, as both of you know, um, I have another program that I do, uh, the Women of Golf, with uh, my good friend, LPGA professional and Legends Tour player, Cindy Miller, and we get to interview many of the young uh, ladies uh, that are currently winning on the Symmetra Tour that are getting ready to earn their card uh, to go out on the, the big stage of the LPGA Tour. So um, one of the things that we ask them quite often is about their nutrition and physical fitness, you know, what sort of programs, if any, they get involved with. So do you discuss uh, in a coaching environment, Sue, with them things like good nutrition and physical fitness and how these things can apply appropriately can help to improve their golfing experience? Oh, absolutely. I think um... – you know, just like any other sport, it's not just about dribbling the basketball It's <laughs> or making putts. Right. It's, you know, is how you treat yourself emotionally and physically on, you know, on and off the golf course. And, <clears throat> and if you want to be a peak performer, you have to, you know, treat your, treat your body, um, you know, treat your mind and your body as peak performers. So we talk about, um, you know, definitely hydration and, and what are they, what are they, you know, taking on the golf course with them as far as like snacks or, um, you know, are you, what type of, what we talk about the basics, like, well, what do you normally eat? And I ask them, what do you guys normally eat? And they'll tell me, and then we'll talk about that as a group, especially the more competitive players, because, you know, they're out there uh, training a lot differently than just the, as we call weekend warriors or the, you know, Mm -hmm. one or two rounds, not non-competitive. So yeah, we have to talk about them talk about it, nutrition and, and hydration and, you know, why is that important? And ask them, why do you, why do, why do you think it's important? Um, you know, and we give them examples in regards to professional athletes. What do you think their training regimen is? Um, you know, and how many hours you're, you're out there training. You have to feed your body to fuel your body. And we talk a lot about that um, specifically. <clears throat> and, yeah, it's important to let them know that that's important because 
they want to be an athlete. An athlete has to, has to treat their body as an athlete in regards to peak performance and peak training. And you don't want the you don't want the mind and the body to break down when your skill sets are there and just when they're on their you know competitive um, height of the season, for example. So yeah, we definitely talk talk about nutrition and, and hydration for them. Right, and I think it's also important. Um, uh, you know, even though they're a little bit older than than some of the the youngsters we were talking about earlier, um, obviously, you know, they're they're still of that age that uh, the parents are involved and things like that. And uh, obviously, we need to to make sure if you're in that situation where you're teaching juniors, um, especially in this day and age with with so many allergies and things out there, that you know, if you're going to talk about nutrition, that you also have to look at things um, that um, potentially. Uh, could be harmful, make sure that they're aware mm-hmm. of, of some of the issues they could be faced with because, you know, you're out in a golf course and if you're, you know, on the back nine somewhere and you're away from a clubhouse, obviously there's people around, but, uh, you know, you want to make sure that the, the individual is is practicing good um, nutrition and making sure that they're not uh, eating uh, things. And most kids by that age pretty much, I think, have a good idea, if, especially if they're, you know, um, diabetic and things like that. But, um, you want to make sure that they understand it. And again, you pointed out, Sue, about hydration. You know, it's, it's amazing. You get out there in the, in the summer sun and and uh, you haven't had much to drink for several holes. It's amazing how quickly you become dehydrated and it can affect not only your performance, but obviously your health. So those are things, you know, if you want to be a peak player, um, you've got to uh, certainly address these things. And I think it's important uh, for a coach uh, to, to have that discussion with them. Um, John, we're going to, I'm going to pose this since uh, we started with Sue uh, tonight. I'm going to give you the last question here. Um, And we're going to talk about, uh, you know, some of the things that uh, as a junior golfer, um, and again, I'm going to use some of these young ladies that are out in the Symmetra Tour. Obviously, we're getting into a little higher caliber player and and things like that. But as a coach, you know, you're going to handle things like disappointment. They're going to go out there. They're not going to make some cuts or, uh, or they're going to be, uh, you know, maybe in hunt in a tournament, they're going to lose that tournament. So there's a mental capacity that also comes into play. Uh, you know, even though their parents are there to be a soft pillow to land on, uh, their golf coach, coach, excuse me, also plays an important role. So talk a little bit about that in our, in our closing minutes, um, about the, the role for a, uh, a golf coach uh, teaching a junior that's maybe playing a highly competitive uh, game. The highly competitive game, the coach's requirements change quite a bit. Uh, Most of the time the players come to you from a skill standpoint of view when they're having a little bit of doubt. And unless there's something there that's quite obvious, you're there to let them know that, okay, I see this. It may be a recurring trend. It may be something that's popped up due to an injury or a minor impairment. And because of that, you've got to be there to, to fix the things that you have in the past fixed. But for a good coaching relationship to be put forth for the player to achieve their objectives, you're constantly evaluating. Uh, you're, you're evaluating practices, you're evalu- evaluating practice rounds, you're evaluating competitive rounds, you're evaluating tournaments, which ones to play, which ones to stay away from, from numerous different aspects, whether it's the course doesn't fit your style of play to, hey, this is important for rankings or this is important because it's going to make you more money or provide you more exposure to potential sponsors. It's a little more complicated. Typically, the swing coach is sort of the field general 
for the rest of the supporting task, whether it is a nutritionist, a strength and conditioning coach, maybe a mental coach. Uh, Everybody's got to start communicating, and, and the really good players that I've worked with, what I have found is I'm sort of the sounding board. I'm the collection agency for all the communication back to the student that's that's it's it's my job to dis- disseminate that and provide it to the student in a manner that's productive that keeps them on track and then yeah they can go to mom and dad or they can go to a significant other and sort of cry on the shoulder or look for a little bit more encouragement or support that coach has got to be there to do the same thing but in a more realistic way uh, you can't be blowing smoke up a very highly skilled person. They can figure that out very, very quickly. But at the same time, you can't be a negative nanny. You've got to be very realistic in the moment at the time with them and be able to see forward with them on their page, not necessarily yours. Yeah, that's um, that's some great points. And, you know, I think, you know, as we've learned, as I mentioned, Cindy uh, and I, of course, uh, together host the Women of Golf Show on Tuesday mornings. And, you know, talking with some of these young ladies uh, coming off of the Symmetra Tour and, and, as I said, working towards their LPGA, and some of them have actually been on the LPGA a number of times, uh, played in many, many events, and either lost their card or had to scale it back because uh, they weren't able to, uh, you know, to play it at their best when they got out there. So they're coming back on the Symmetra Tour to sort of, regroup if you will um so a lot of times it's a it's an issue where um they've got to regroup and uh, again as you pointed out john you know mom and dad are there to offer certainly some emotional support but the the coach plays a key role as well because they're the one that that works with them on a regular basis they can identify very easily um you know with with especially with technology nowadays um, they're able to see their players in real time um, they can see what's happening on the practice tee uh, before around, and um, you know they can pinpoint and isolate issues that maybe, as you, you said, John, that may have uh, been in the past that you've been working on that are, are creeping back into their game. Uh, so those are things that discussions that need to have happen. And I think just very quickly, and Sue, I'm going to let you uh, mention this here um, for parents out there that might be listening that that are uh, contemplating. Um, maybe they've got a junior that's been playing for a little while and they're sort of on the fence of whether, you know, they don't know whether their child's good enough to, to really pursue, not necessarily getting out on, on a professional level, but, you know, maybe uh, even pursue uh, going through uh, the college programs and things like that. So um, what are some great steps that a parent can take uh, at this point uh, to introduce them? What should they do uh, if they've got a child that's expressed interest in golf? Um, how do they get the ball rolling? Well, I think in regards to, you know, asking them questions is like, well, you know, why do you want to go play? Because every, every, every kid is just like adults have different reasons why they want to play. Um, that's the first thing. <laughs> Maybe they're, you know, want to go right. meet some new people or, you know, have some fun. But, you know, I, I'd introduce them, you know, slowly, uh, introduce them to a little bit of a, a group program. And again, it's kind of individual because <clears throat> some of the kids that might not have, um, they might be a little bit more shy. Maybe a private lesson mm-hmm. might work out better than in a group session. So it kind of depends on the young, on the youngster, um, and I think the parent w- would probably know best. But I think too is you know call a couple junior golf specialists in their area and talk to them and mm-hmm. interview them um, and ask some really important questions of, about you know, what kind of type of programs do you have or 
you know, what do they suggest? And I think that, you know, most junior golf instructors will, will say the same thing. It's like, well, you know, kind of depends on the maturity and the attention span of your child um, in regards right. to, you know, how many, less, how many lessons or, or where to start. But I think it's kind of a little bit individual based. And I think that's why I like the, the, the parent coach interview, you know, call right away. Um, and then, you know, talk through this, talk through those steps as far as, you know, where do you think you want to start? Because some of the kids don't have clubs. So there's a lot of information, I think, um, you know, pre-assessment before that. But, you know, to get them started, I think it's, you know, find out why they want to play. And, and, and then we go from there. Because uh, then you can expose them to different things and, and kind of let the, uh, let the junior lead in on the process mm-hmm. a little bit too. Um, yep. Because I think, like I said, it's why, why, do, why do they want to play and, um, and let them take it kind of step-by-step step, um, going from there. Yeah, I, I think that's key. I think, you know, you hit it right on the head um, from the very beginning. I think you have to ask them why. You know, Cindy always talks about that on the show. You know, the first question she asks them is, why do you want to play? Uh, you know, what is your, mm-hmm. you know, not so much your, your long-term goals or things like that, but why do you want to play? Is it just something you're looking to do, you know, try something yes. different? Or do you have a vested interest in, in wanting to, um, mm-hmm. you know, play uh you know maybe at a, a higher competitive level and it may not necessarily mean that you want to play on a tour but uh, maybe you want to play in, in you know on a college team or maybe it's a, an opportunity to uh to mm-hmm. you know earn a scholarship and, and get out so there's a lot of different variables that can, can come into play obviously and we're not going to hit them all but um I, I think it is important to have that discussion and, and with today's technology as i said you know, for parents, they can go on, they can find, reach out and find uh, some, you know, local pros in their area that, that have an offer junior camps and, and have that discussion and get the ball mm-hmm. rolling. And, and, but it ultimately starts with the junior. They have to express the interest and then obviously the parents can come in yeah. and, uh, and help out. But uh, I think we also have to uh, sometimes remind parents to put brakes on a little bit and not to push and, and not to, um, you know, force the issue. It's got to be really of their choosing, not the parent's choice. Um, so I think that's uh, really how you have to proceed. Yes, absolutely, because I do have a lot of parents that um, are are starting their young ones for the wrong reasons because they're starting their right <laughs> starting their young right. ones too because they they want them to get into golf for them, not for the not well I should say right. the parent wants to get the the junior into the golf for the parent, not for the junior. And we have that discussion, and you know there's a couple times that I've had a couple juniors just decide that they just, that they just don't want to play anymore. And it was a tough conversation yeah. they've had to have with their parents, and right. But that's but that's what's important, you know. It's, it, you know, we it, it it's about you know being a human being and and treating them with respect on what they want to do, and um, even though they're young, they still know what they want to do. <laughs> well, and and you know what, it, it's okay. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can remember growing up. You know, I played a variety of different sports. I, you know, being from Canada, I played hockey and and baseball and soccer and all these things. And, you know, sometimes you, you get into a sport and it's like, meh, well, you know, maybe not. Or, and, you know, parents have to be prepared for that. Um, that's going to happen, especially at yeah. an early age. You know, they're, they're going to have a lot of interest. And uh, obviously it does help if the parents do play. I mean, many children, of course, want to f- sort of follow in their parents' footsteps. If they see them enjoying an activity, they want to participate. But, uh, again, you have to find that balance as a parent as well, I think, to make sure that you're not forcing the issue. 
But um, great yes. discussion tonight, guys. I, I really enjoyed this. It was very, uh, you know, eye-opening for me uh, as an instructor. Again, obviously, I don't specialize in teaching juniors. I've taught a few over the years, but um, it's very interesting to see how, how that is approached. And I hope that the um, fellow professionals that are tuning into the show uh, picked up some good information as well, and particularly for the parents out there, and maybe even some juniors that might be listening in that thought, hmm, you know what, I might like to try that. I'm going to get my mom and dad uh, here and and see if we can, uh, you know, find some programs in my area that we can reach out and find out about and learn more. So uh, on that note, um, Sue, I'm going to let you go first. If you want to just let the folks know uh, how they can reach out if they'd like to contact you, and then John. Yeah, thanks, um, Ted. I appreciate it. It was a great conversation tonight. And anybody that wants to reach out, um, just give me a call. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm at Starfire Golf Club. Uh, you can reach me at um, sueweagergolf.com. And uh, uh, you can get my number one best-selling book on Amazon. It's called Golf, The Last Six Inches, How to Change Your Brain, Change Your Game. And, um, yeah, you can all my contact information is on my, uh, on my website. And, um, yeah, go get the book. There's a lot of fun things in it. The first chapter in the book is why do you want to play golf? <laughs> right. Well said. And, and let me just tell you, as a recipient of this book that Sue very graciously sent me, it is a great read um, for both young and old. So uh, definitely go to Amazon.com and get a copy of Golf the Last Six Inches. Change your brain, change your game. It's well worth it. Um, John, my friend, how can the folks reach out? Uh, real simple, John Hughes Golf, uh, whether it's Facebook, my website, Twitter, Instagram, uh, that's all you have to remember. Uh, Sue, pleasure being with you again on Ted's show. As always, great information, and thanks for the conversation. And Ted, once again, uh, great conversation, very much an honor to be on here. Look forward to talking to you again in the future. Well, I appreciate both of you uh, for doing that. As I've said many times, I know it's not always easy uh, being out on the lesson tee, as it were, and then having to race home or, or mid-travel, what have you, to, uh, to make it back in time for the, the panel discussion. So I appreciate it very much of you giving very generously of your time, and I know that the uh, audience and listeners uh, enjoy it as well. So thank you very much, John Hughes and Sue Weger. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next time here on the Coach's Corner panel. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, Ted. All right. Have a great Good night, day. guys. All right, bye-bye. All right, that was uh, my very special guests on the Coach's Corner panel, uh, John Hughes and Sue Weger, uh, great uh, golf professionals, and uh, always enjoy uh, their input into the show. Uh, also, I just want to very quickly remind everybody again that the uh, Golf Talk Live's Coach's Corner panel segment uh, is um, sponsored by GolfSwing.com, and here's a short uh, advertisement just to tell you a little bit more about what they have to offer. Are you finally ready to improve your golf game? GolfSwing.com is changing the way golfers learn online. With the largest collection of golf training programs and drills on the planet, GolfSwing.com can help you improve every part of your game. Whether you want to gain more distance, hit it closer, or just sink more putts, GolfSwing.com staff of world-class coaches can help you gain the results you need. Watch unlimited videos on any device from anywhere in the world and start playing better Scoring lower, having more fun, and saving money. Get your fix on demand at GolfSwing.com. All right. That, again, was from GolfSwing.com. And after the show, if you visit uh, their website, GolfSwing.com, and join their online video academy, uh, you can save 50% off the subscription price by entering promo code at checkout. 
uh, Golf Talk Live, and uh, it's definitely well worth it. There's uh, some great uh, teaching professionals from literally all over the place uh, on their uh, website with literally thousands of great instructional videos so, uh, and some special ones on there as well. So uh, visit golfswing.com at the end of the show, uh, enter promo code GOLFTALKLIVE and get a savings off their subscription uh, price uh, off their Video Online Academy website. All right, I've got two great guests uh, joining me now. Uh, we're going to have a very interesting discussion. First off, uh, I'm going to introduce them here, and then I'm going to bring them on, and we'll get into tonight's uh, interview uh, portion of the program. Uh, joining me tonight uh, is uh, Brian Finnerty. He is the uh, uh, Chief Executive Officer of V1 Sports. Uh, V1 Sports is the industry and world leader in video swing analysis software. Uh, the V1 Game Improvement Platform connects golf professionals and golfers to improve performance. V1 is recognized as the pioneer in delivering seamless video lessons in integrated telestration and voiceover. Uh, it was also recognized by uh, in 2016 and 17 by Golf Digest. Uh, V1 was ranked the number one video analysis software. Uh, it's uh, literally a worldwide leader among consumers with nearly uh, 2 million downloads uh, and literally uh, thousands of PGA professionals, including many of the top 100 instructors, as well as uh, distinguished academy uh, worldwide from Pebble Beach to St. Andrews. So uh, a lot of great people in the business using V1 software. Uh, also joining Brian tonight is Ray Schusler, uh, the Director of Instruction for Schusler Golf Academy. Uh, he's one of the most highly uh, sought-after golf instructors along the Gulf Coast. Uh, Ray's philosophy is very simple. Uh, regardless of skill level from beginner to the elite level, is to help guide each golfer to accomplish their individual goals and enjoy the challenge. Uh, he's also uh, has many accomplishments here, just a few. Uh, PGA Gulf Coast Chapter Teacher of the Year. He's won that four times. Uh, golf Digest is named one of Alabama's best instructors and the PGA uh, Alabama Northwest Florida Section Player of the Year four times, and the PGA Alabama Northwest Florida Section Senior Player of the Year five times, uh, plus many, many other accomplishments. So let me, uh, or please welcome uh, Ray Schusler and Brian Finnerty. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate Good evening. This is Brian Finnerty. All right, perfect. Uh, I got you both on here. Uh, good evening, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. Thanks for having us. Yep. Yeah, thanks All for right, having appreciate, us. appreciate it. it. Not a problem. All right, uh, what I'm going to do here just to, I guess, to simplify things since we've got you both on here is, Brian, we're going to talk a little bit about V1 uh, as an overview first off, and then, Ray, I want to get your input as, obviously, as a, a golf professional on some of the areas of, of uh, success that you've had using the V1 software. So I think what we'll do first, Brian, is start with you, and then, and then we'll sort of go back and forth a little bit. But I want you, Brian, to maybe talk a little bit about uh, V1 Sports. Give us an overview, and obviously particularly about V1 Golf. Sure. Um, well, thanks for the intro. I mean, it was great. Uh, you know, one of the great things about V1 itself is the company's been around since 1995, and I think for most of the listeners, if you – think back to the mid 90s um, you know it's hard to imagine video <laughs> technology back then so as an industry leader uh, we certainly have been around we've seen the evolution of and the impact of v1 in the game going back to tigers um, sort of coming out and party and, and his first press conference right. where he talked about uh, the use of v1 and and v1 golf which is the consumer app with over 2 million downloads we're really focused on um, not only helping our teachers become better teachers, but also having uh, the, the golfers themselves maybe start with a little DIY and learn a little bit about their game and then certainly plug them in with golf instructors. So 
we're kind of seeing the best of both worlds where we do have the, the golfers themselves and certainly almost 10,000 instructors here around the country and making sure that those two groups can actively uh, find each other, seek each other out and help instructors make golfers get better. Right. And obviously that's ultimately what we want to do uh, as golf professionals is we want to help in any way that we can to, to make our students uh, not only become better golfers, but have a more enjoyable experience out in the golf course. And, you know, we know it's, it's tough out there and sometimes, uh, you know, you need a little help as a player and you need a little help as a coach. So talk a little bit about some of the features and then Ray, I'm going to get you in the conversation as well. Uh, a little bit more specific sure. from a coaches and, and teach pro standpoint. So Brian, just talk about some of the features um, that are available through V1 Golf um, that the, the teaching pro or coach can use. Yeah, so the teaching pro, mostly in their studios around the country, around the world really, they're going to have access to our flagship product, which is V1 Pro HD. And that's either set up through uh, mobile devices like an iPad or an iPhone or with fixed cameras that will sit in a studio um, face on down the line, sometimes overhead. Uh, we just did an installation in San Diego with the shaft manufacturer. They've got eight cameras, so they're looking at ground level wow. and above. But through those cameras, they're capturing – um, high frame rate, 240 frames a second, pure HD video of the student, and really able to do everything from just measure the tempo and the swing with real-time analytics all the way out to drawing lines and graphs and circles that will show shaft angles and um, angles of approach and even exit angle of a golf ball um, because we're catch capturing at such a high frame rate. And for, for the right. most part, and Ray certainly will speak to it better than I can, that I believe the instructors, you know, for most of us, whether we're visual learners or not, and I certainly am, um, what yep. you think you're doing as a golf student and what you're actually doing can oftentimes be two different things. <laughs> and to really just simplify right. it, the, tool, the tools that we afford them through V1 Pro HD is just the ability to capture it and then using their own voice and through telestration explain to the student in their own way. And there are thousands of different ways to teach a student how to hit the golf ball and have fun at golf. It allows them to add their own secret sauce. So, you know, it's not a robot. It doesn't say everybody has to have the same swing. It just says, in this right. case, Brian, I see the way you're swinging. And with these tools, I'm going to show you where you are now and maybe compare you side by side with where I'd like you to be, either using a pro that may be out on tour that um, let's look at them side by side and see where their hands are at the top of the swing versus where yours are um, and any points in between. So it's really a very simple tool. But when you get mm -hmm. into the guts of it, uh, you can break it down thousands of different ways. And as we say at V1, it's allowing teachers to teach the way they teach. So we know our software is pliable enough and designed that way that regardless of whether I'm teaching one methodology or another, this video analysis right. software allows them to do that. Right, and that's a great point. And Ray, I want to get you to jump into the conversation here as a, as a teach professional and coach. Um, you've been out there for, for many, many years, and obviously you've had access uh, and, and accessibility to a lot of different great products and that out there. And obviously uh, you're using V1 uh, in, in uh, you know, a lot of your teaching and that. So what are some of the features um, maybe that Brian's just talked about that you have found have worked best with your students? And, and maybe talk a little bit about some of the feedback um, that you're able to get using that. Yeah, and also thank you for the intro. That's very kind of you. Um, Brian said it very well. I, you know, I say the words feel versus real every day with my young students and my 
you know, older students, anybody that looks once they see it, and I do that a lot, say, okay, here's, you know, when I'm giving a lesson, you know, I'll, you know, we'll, 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 I'd use, I'm getting ready to go into a studio and, uh, and they're going to build me a, they're going to help me out. I'm, I've just moved my academy to a one facility. So anyway, um, the, the lines are just awesome. I use the lines a lot now with, you know, you just put your fingers, <laughs> separate them and it draws a line and, and go back to the old days. I, you know, I used to use the, you know, the magic marker, blah, blah, blah. And it, 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 it worked, but with V1 and their technology is just awesome. I mean, I've looked at others, you know, I've uh, been in this business a long time and, you know, I go to the show every year and, and V1 to me is by far the best. It's just the audio review, the lines, uh, it's just so simple to give a lesson, even to a mm-hmm. young boy or a young girl. It, it's just, I love it. You know, it, once that, you know, appeared on the market, you know, I started using it, and it, it just makes my life so much easier. And, the, you know, the audio reviews at night, you know, I'll, I'll do my lessons during the day, and I'll go home and spend, depending on, you know, the, the amount of lessons and what I need to tell the student, and I'll go home, uh, send them the audio review, and they love that, just absolutely love it, and uh, just can't just can't beat it, in my opinion. Uh, so um, uh, I use it every day. <laughs> and I have a body well, track, which is a pressure, pressure mat, and it interfaces with body track beautifully. And uh, for the uh, listeners out there, I'm not sure, you know, body, you know, pressure mats have been in the market about three or four years now. And so I can show right. them how they're using the feet relative to the shaft. So if your pressure's out on your toes, say, here's mm-hmm. why you're, you know, and it's it's just it's just really easy to help people with the V1 and the interface with the, te- uh, the technology they have. Well, and, and Ray, you, you raise a very interesting point about technology and about that feedback because, you know, as you said, going back a, a number of years ago before this technology was really in place, um, you know, you relied um, obviously on your own instincts and, and your own visual cues as to what was going on with your students. But now with the technology right. that's available, you're able to get real-time uh, results and real-time feedback and then you can review a lot of that information, as you said, when you you know, you know eventually go home from the golf course if you ever get away. Um, right. You know you can review that, and then in real time and or instant time rather, you can then communicate back to your students and say, okay, here's you know what's what's going on, or here's what we've discovered from today's session. So obviously that's important to you, correct? Yes, and and sometimes you know you're sitting there and you you know my average lesson's an hour, sometimes an hour and a half. And you know, I'll sit there and I'm on the range. And I'm, you know, if it's a new style, if it's a new client, you know, I'm I'm trying to say, okay, what what's the priorities here? Try to keep it simple. And and then I'll get home and I'll realize, wait a minute, this is this, I missed something. So V1 allows me to do that, and I can you know talk through them on on the audio review because um, I you know the goal is to you know keep everything simple. You know, you don't want to confuse your clients, and uh, and and progress as quickly as possible and, and, and it's just a great I love it <laughs> that's why I'm putting, right. I'm putting a two-bay studio here shortly and V1's <laughs> going to put in my cameras and it's going to be I can't wait to have it because I've been just teaching off an iPad for you know since the iPad interface and, and I've been teaching at a couple of different facilities and it's been great you know I can just I don't I can take my iPad do the video and 
with the with the camera speed of an iPad and, and with V1, it, it's worked wonderfully, but an iPad's kind of small, you know, and if it's, you know, I have a tent that I've been, you know, putting up during the summer, but still, you know. Right. Uh, it, it works, but, you know, the 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 studio version is going to be great with a big monitor, and, and it's, it's, it's I, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I, I think that's great, and, and you're exactly right. I think as technology changes, we're going to talk a little bit about that in, in a moment here. Um, you know, Brian, one of the things you know that Ray mentioned about going down to the to the PGA uh, show, and for those of you that are listening that are maybe not familiar what we're talking about, obviously every year in January, uh, the PGA has a merchandising show in Orlando, and that's where they uh, many of the manufacturers and and obviously software developers like V1 bring out uh, some of their new updates and products uh, onto the market, and that's where uh, those of us in the industry get a chance to, to see what's new and, and exciting uh, coming out for each year. So, Brian, obviously um, that particular venue is important to you guys for a number of reasons, not only about introducing uh, new products um, and, and rolling out new things, but also an opportunity for you to get feedback from some of the current users, correct? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it really is. Um, it, it's <clears throat> it's our Super Bowl, if you will, for that exact reason, that we get to not only see our everyday clients, <clears throat> but get feedback. And we also get feedback from the industry itself, uh, whether that's the manufacturers. We we had quite a few of them in our booth this year, uh, which is how we ended up doing a big install in San Diego, that are not just looking at the instruction aspects, but maybe more of the technical aspects. And it's a really nice loop, because as we learn more from them, we get to help instructors like Ray because we find out that, hey, points of impact <clears throat> are really important because if you can see it, uh, then you can actually visualize what happens after. And so to your point, uh, Ted, being at the show, it's just mm -hmm. a great stopping point for us. We do a lot of education at the show, so we're the number one education provider into the golf teaching professionals to get continuing education units uh, by being part of our seminars where we're literally just teaching them and uh, helping them become better teachers. And again, we're using technology. We certainly understand that there are uh, tons of choices out there from your, you know, launch monitors sure. to ca camera viewables, um, pressure mats, as Ray mentioned. And we know that we're just one part of that. And our job is to make sure that we seamlessly integrate with each. Um, but yeah, the work at the show I'd have to say is important for us as we kind of get that feedback and then put it in. Our, our developers love it and hate it because it's the showcase of what they've been working on. And when we, right. when we get back to the R&D studio, uh, it's like unpacking a big treasure chest. And, okay, here's what we have right. for the rest of 19 into 20. And uh, it's exciting. It really is. I mean, every year we feel like we're introducing and announcing something that um, – Either the golf professionals themselves have said, you know, please help us by adding this extra tool, or the consumers have said, we'd just like to find a way to uh, get to pros and share our videos in a more seamless manner without having to attach them to emails or whatever it might right. be. So, yeah, all of those growth points and iterations come from the show and being very close to our customers. Right. And, and you know... Again, getting that feedback from the show really serves two purposes. It obviously um, gives you an opportunity to understand the frontline people because really you, the teach professionals like Ray and, and the thousands uh, that are out there, um, 
they're the frontline people. They're the ones that are communicating with students each and every day, and they know what works and what doesn't work for them and what tools they need. So it gives you some great insight as to how they're thinking and what would make their life easier. Um, and one of the, the good things about the way technology is now moving is it's able to switch more rapidly now. I mean, you know, if you think about technology, you know, even 10 years ago, uh, it was very cumbersome, very, very slow. It took you a while to make those changes. Now changes can happen very quickly, um, and, and, or certainly quick to, uh, to for most people. And I know it can be difficult sometimes for the engineers and, and programmers and things like that. But overall, it's a much faster process to make that, that turnaround now. So getting that information from the show and, and other sources, uh, obviously, Brian, is, is very beneficial. I want to talk, um, Ray, I want to go back to you here for a second. Uh, and by the way, congratulations on your early Christmas present. I guess you'll be looking forward to that new studio, uh, even though we're six months out <laughs> yeah. from six months yeah, from Christmas. Yeah. But uh, from from uh, uh, congratulations on the on the new studio, and I, I know you're looking forward to, to playing with that. Uh, but I want to ask you, uh, I'm going to ask both. Yeah, no problem. Um, so typically, you know, when you're comparing it to some of the traditional teaching methods that are out there, obviously, you know, V1 uh, with its software is very, very advanced and gives you, as you explained, a lot of information. Um, but do you find the results using that, that type of software as opposed to some of the traditional methods, are you noticing a much greater success rate with your students, do you think, than just your, your run-of-the-mill traditional teaching uh, professional? That's not using that. Definitely, I mean, you 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 have to have it. I mean, there's just just no two ways about it. And there's and and there is a lot of competition at the show, you know, with all the sure. you know, new companies seem popping up. But but you got to have it. I mean, if you you know, and the juniors, you know, all the everybody's more golf literate these days, you mm -hmm. know, and they're looking at YouTube's, they're looking at stuff, and and so if you're not if you're not, if you don't stay on the cutting edge, you're going to get lost, and they're going to go find somebody else. And 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 the kids that are committed, you know, they they look at these videos, and and if they're putting in the effort and the time, they're going to get better quicker. It's just it's just that simple. And uh, right. So there's no the answer to your question is yes, definitely. Right. And and Brian, I want to ask you a little bit. I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate, if you will, on this, because, you know, I'm a firm believer in technology and I love technology and I think there's a, a place for it. But I think we also have to be mindful. Uh, and, and the question I want to ask for you is, is it good for coaches and teachers to mix the technology with some hands on methods as well uh, and avoiding sometimes too much tech talk with their students? Because Certainly, there are students out there that are you know, like a sponge, and they can they can get into all the numbers and things like that. But at the same time, uh, it can also be a, a, a detriment too sometimes to uh, good teaching if you implement too much technology, uh, especially at an early stage in, in uh, uh, the teaching pros uh, sessions, because you know students sometimes can't absorb that information right away. So, how do you help them to find that balance so that they don't get too, you know? over technical with their students when they're using this software um, but at the same time uh, reaping the benefits of, of its uh, advancements? I think that's a great question. Um, one that we actually ask uh, literally uh, almost daily in our 
R&D conversations and some of our product development conversations because we are getting pitched, we V1 getting pitched from many of these um, outside entities on, hey, can you incorporate more data into that V1 screen? Can you give them launch angle data and this data and that data? Um, we've got to balance that because we know, um, as Ray alluded to, that at the end of, end of the day, a student that can have not only an archived um, set of lessons, right, where I can go back and, and watch and listen, but maybe more importantly, it's just seeing the evolution. So when we get requests from teachers, that, that's much like your question, I'm, I'm kind of running into this stopping point where I can see my students kind of glassing over. And it's mostly the younger yep. younger teachers, not as many guys who sure. who've um, definitely been around and know how to do this. Our simple answer is talk less, show more. So you don't have to tell them about where the wrist cock angle is. You don't have to draw a 43-degree angle magnifying tool using V1. Uh, you don't have to tell them the spin rate was, you know, 8,000 with the 7-iron. It should be 7,000. Just let them right. watch the video and ask, ask them, yeah. why do you think that ball keeps going left in a down-the-line view? Oddly enough, even 8-, 9-10-year-olds, when you zoom in, get a little picture of their hands, you're not doing much talking, tell me what you see. Is that what you yeah. feel? And Ray, Ray alluded to that as well, right? So we, and then exactly. we get the, oh man, okay, okay, thank you. That's what I was missing. I was over talking it. I was over data analyzing it. And it's right. a bit natural. We as teachers, uh, my background sure. originally was in soccer, that we tend to want to talk, 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 and show all these data points. But in reality, the game is the greatest teacher. And through video, um, obviously, I'm a little biased in that direction with V1. Sure. But when I take my voice completely out of it and just say, what do you see? I am, I am never shocked that a student will find something. It may not always be the right thing, but they're finding something to say, okay, is that what you think is resulting in the problem? They don't have to be a two handicapper to know that. They can be a 22. And when they see their hands way slid out in front and, and see that club face wide open, and you say, do you see anything here that might suggest you're hitting the ball right? And then further right, which obviously we call a slice. Uh, yes, right. I am. And then you ask them, how are we going to solve that? Now you're having a relationship with that student. And again, I'm not a PGA professional here. You know, I right. slept in a holiday in last night and I'm around enough great guys like Ray to know that <laughs> the student with that help from the teacher suddenly finds the fixes. And then the video becomes very important because once we capture the right way of doing things, and Ray will attest to this, we're marking that. We're going to archive that and say, hey, Brian, I really, did you like the way that felt? Yeah, man, that was great. Let's capture that, and we're going to hold that in there as when you did it right. I want you to always go back, whether you're using the V1 Golf app on your phone and you're out hitting on the driving range without me, put this thing on your bag on a, on a V1 selfie stick, capture through your swings, pull up that old swing, and you can do some of this work on your own, right? And then... Right. Oh, man. Well, how much do I want to go back to Ray if he's just set me up with that little snippet of information? That didn't have anything to do with spin rates or this or that. So I know that's a long right. answer, but I think through that process of the invitation for the student to watch and participate, you get a lot of traction. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. I mean, student, yeah, students want to feel that they're uh, involved in the process. They don't want to just feel like they're standing there and somebody's lecturing them or, or explaining to them what they need to do all the time. They want to, it has to be a communication back and forth. Um, Ray, I want to get you a chance to jump in on, on a similar question to that. 
Um, and, and the reason why I ask this, you know, again, I'm, I'm all for technology. I think there's a place for, for everything in here. But one of the things, and I think, Brian, you alluded to this with, with some of the younger uh, teaching pros particularly, get very caught up in the technology, so much so point uh, to the point that um, they're not even really paying attention to their student. They're looking continually at a monitor or they're not really focusing on. So, Ray, from your standpoint, you've been in the business for a long, long time. How do you balance that out so that the student doesn't feel that you're just watching a monitor all day while they're hitting golf balls and you're not really – um, you know, how do you find that balance for yourself? Well, you know, you got to be like Brian was saying. You got to listen. You got to be aware of your student first of all, their skill level, and 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 get to know them. You know, once I've had, you know, a couple of sessions with somebody, I'll feel you know a little bit more comfortable. Know how they learn, and you got you got to you just got to you got to kind of spoon feed them or her. Right. And, and what I what you know the ball doesn't lie at the end of the day. I mean, I could you know I've been teaching a long time and and I feel pretty confident in my ability, but um, at the end of the day, the ball's not going to lie. You, you know, if if you're just looking at numbers and, and you say, okay, that's a you're right on playing, but but coach, why is that ball going left and you can't tell them? We got a problem. And uh, you know, so you you've got to be very very you know aware of the of the student in front of you. I'll often just, you know, I'll I'll throw the technology away and I'll put a couple of noodles out there and I'll say you need to start the ball between these two noodles, you know, right. something as, as simple as that, just to kind of get them out of this technology overload. Because a lot of the, you know, you know, there is a lot out there. There's just so much information out there now, and, and you know, and everybody's looking at, you know, you get a lot of clients that think they. Right, maybe a little bit more than you do, and and so you just gotta you gotta guide, but you just gotta you gotta guide them, you know, you gotta spoon feed them, and you gotta guide them, and 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 Brian did a great job of answering your question, but I I think you know experience helps a lot, you know I I'm not near, you know what I did in my early days, you know I tried my best, you know I you know went all the PGA coaching summits, and you know I probably screwed up a couple of lessons relative to what I would have done now. You know, now it's just I think experience is so valuable, and uh, and and does that help answer your question? Yeah, that's no, that's perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. You know, guys, here's the bottom line. You know, anything that we we do in this profession, it, it's a balancing act. As you know, Ray, as you just pointed out, you know, you really have to understand the student. You have to listen as as a teaching pro or as a coach. Um, to what the student wants. First off, you have to understand why they're there in the first place. You know, why do they play golf? Are they, right. you know, interested in playing competitive golf? Are they, you know, just wanting to to be, a, you know, the next weekend warrior? Um, so you really have to understand that. And then, obviously, technology plays uh, a pivotal role in today's society in in every uh, aspect, not just in golf. Um, but it's it's a matter of finding that balance. Um, and I think that sometimes, you know. Through interest and, and excitement, we can kind of get wrapped up into technology, and you know we lose interest or we're not paying enough attention to uh, other things. And, and that's really why I asked that question is because I think that you know one of the criticisms that I hear uh, as a teach professional from students is they want to make sure that it's a two-way communication, and they want to make sure that. You know, they understand the information that's being, as you said, Ray, sp sort of spoon-fed to them. 
And if we get wrapped up too much in the technology and not really focusing on the student enough, um, then they're going to lose interest. So it, it's a balancing act for sure. Um, and the, the, the technology really there is a support system um, because obviously if you don't understand as a teacher professional, Ray, you know, golf in general, um, V1 isn't going to be much help to you. So you obviously have to have the, the groundwork. And to answer your question or to answer your comment uh, about, you know, earlier times, well, of course, that's your learning uh, curve, if you will. And I think this is why, um, you know, some of the young guns that are out there right now should pay more attention um, really to what's going on from some of the, the more experienced uh, professionals out there uh, as opposed to, you know, worrying about uh, being the next YouTube uh, guru, if you will. So just my thoughts for out there, right, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I'm all for, you know, putting videos up and stuff like that. But, uh, Brian, I think as you mentioned earlier, too, that, you know, there is a lot of information out there, and uh, certainly some of it is good, but it's also getting blasted with a lot of negative stuff. So, um, you know, you want to make sure you're, you're with a, a tried and true brand like V1, um, that you're using a, a good equipment and you want to make sure the coach is properly trained with it as well. Um, Brian, I want to come back to you. Uh, and, and the question I have really is not so much for, uh, you know, the average listener out there, but maybe some, some fellow pros uh, to Ray and I that might be listening to the show. Um, what are some points that a coach and teaching pro needs to remember when using V1? So if you were going to, uh, you know, maybe somebody that's not familiar with the product that's kind of new to it, which there's probably not that many out there now, but, um, you know, what are some points uh, that you would maybe want to express to them uh, when using it? Yeah, I, I'll try to distill it down to a couple in the spirit of this, uh, you know, listen more, <laughs> talk less. Um, right. it, it's, I mean, I'll start there. I really, it, it's, it's that we are, we are one tool and nothing can replace whether you've been in this business for a year or you've been in for multi-decades, like so many of our great teachers, um, right. just listening to that student, you got off to the right start. And V1 can be a great place to start the journey um, because at the screen, it's pretty simple. So let's make sure we've got your data. And I know this sounds a bit like a tutorial, but oddly enough, Ray talked about how simple it was to put both your fingers on the screen and draw a line or use the mouse click at a, at a workstation. I can't right. tell you how many times we've been doing a demo where someone actually has a student and I'll say, hey, forget the talk right now. They've warmed up. You've captured a couple shots. Have them come over and draw the line on their on their club where they think it is at parallel because we use that term, right? Right. The top of the swing. Right. Well, suddenly now the person's involved in the technology. They're not afraid of it. They're not thinking that you're capturing them for some, you know, multi-voodoo reason. It's like, no, this is the right. thing I'm going to use to help. It's one of the assets. But the first one is my mouth. Listen to what I'm saying, and then we're going to have this relationship. So we always say, look, as you're doing that, just introduce it as part of the thing so it's not this big, onerous, you know, in our case, a couple of cameras capturing some shots or your iPad or your phone, um, much like the, the flight scope or the track man or whatever you're using at the back of that bay to maybe capture some mm -hmm. swing data. I think one of the first things you do is just talk about it. Hey, here's, you know, again, why are you here? What are we going to do? Great. You want to go from a 12 down to an eight? Let's talk about some of those things. And in the V1 software, you know, we firmly believe that delivering, and Ray talked about it earlier, we, we really firmly believe in delivering that lesson back to the student. It does two, mm -hmm. well, it actually does three things. One on the business side, it makes your customers stickier. And I don't care whether you're at the top of the food chain in our teaching industry or you're just getting started out of a PGM program, 
Um, mm. I would ask anybody, if, if you had your first 100 students and if you could keep them all for your career, would you want that? Every hand would go up in the room. Well, in order to sure. ensure that, let's make sure we're delivering those lessons back with a nice voiceover because, number one, it's personal. Number two, now it's archived. And number three, it's something they're going to have for the rest of their golfing career as a, as a marking post, either getting better or having a reference point back and when we're playing better. So I think delivering right. that lesson is, is great. Um, and then ultimately, you know, and, and Ray's going to find this out when he moves into the studio, so I'm so excited for him to, to really kind of unveil the Ferrari <laughs> here. But um, it, it really is a communication tool. I know we talk about it as just a teaching tool, but it can be um, everybody who's working on their short game, you can put them into a, a group, and you can do a quick class right from the software that just I've tagged them as a short game interest. And, you know, mm-hmm. Brian Finnerty and 23 of his buddies, we're going to do a Saturday clinic from 9 to 9.45. Hey, guys, this one's on me. I just want you to come out. We're just going to do a quick tune-up. Boom, that all goes out. By the way, I also attached my little uh, chipping highlight video. So that's my tip and drill that you're going to see us working on. And, and hey, bring a friend. That'd be great, right? So that's all through mm-hmm. V1. And so many instructors are pleasantly shocked and amazed that when they do bring a friend or even when they do come out, it's that same voice I heard on my intro I was using B1, so me as the golfer, I looked at it in my app. I wasn't searching around some email trying to download a driver and try to download some video uh, player. No, I just went to my V1 app. I got a notification that Ray sent me a note. Boom, I opened it up. I'm standing right there next to my buddies. And, you know, come with me. Let, let's go on Saturday. Let's hop down there. It'd be pretty cool. So I know I'm kind yeah. of covering both ends of that, and there's plenty in yeah. between. But, but we really say use that tool to enhance the relationship between you and your student. Don't just use it as data transfer because you're probably leaving a lot on the table. Yeah, you're well said. Um, and, and Ray, Brian, I know I answered um, part of this, but um, maybe you can expand a little bit more from the, the teacher professional side. You know, obviously the student, uh, you know, has access. So talk about some of the access that they have. Obviously, you have access in the studio. You're um, shooting the video and so on and so forth. But the student goes home after the session and. And uh, obviously, uh, you can send them some great audio. But um, are there uh, sample drill videos that, that can be accessed through this as well to give them some ideas of some sample drills that they can be working on uh, when they're away from you in, in their own practice session? Tell us about some of the, the uh, benefits or some of the features and benefits um, that they can have by accessing V1 themselves. Yes, certainly. You can do all you, all, you can have a bucket of drills um, and, and they can access that and that's wonderful I'm a big believer in drills to change uh, many people can do it without getting the positive I call it positive or negative feedback and uh, so yes they the, you know doing sending them a, a drill on just impact how do you how do you, how do you all those Just invaluable, you know. You just—it's—it's it's such a good tool to use as a coach. And I know, as you can tell, they give you the tools to provide a great service. Right, um, Ray. I just wanted to let you know. I—I I don't know whether you're. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you're mobile or not, uh, Ray, but uh, I missed a lot of that because I, I, 
the connection wasn't as good. So I don't know, Brian, I, I think you understand probably what Ray was going to say. Maybe you could uh, chime in and just um, maybe give a, a short uh, version of what basically he just said. Um, he, yeah. I think he went into yeah. a, an area that his, his reception wasn't good and uh, missed a lot of that. <laughs> I want to make sure the, the listeners hear that. So sorry about that, Ray, but uh, I'm going to let Brian just pick up on that. Can you hear me mind. now? Yeah, I can hear you now. I apologize. Do you want to do you want to restate that, or, yeah. or should I let Brian do yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. What happened? I'm in a park line. A truck pulled up next to me. I guess that that <laughs> blocked the. Uh, uh, so basically, what I was saying is that the for the uh, drills and so forth, you can just put them in a little bucket, and they can go get them, and and you can, however you want to demonstrate, you know. And I, it, it's just. I can't speak highly enough of what B1 does to help us help the students get better. But, yeah, the drills, I'm a big believer in drills. And so, you know, I, I, when I'm demonstrating, you know, I'll make sure that when they leave there, they've got at least one or two drills to improve, you know, the motion that we're trying to improve on. Right. And and obviously, you know, as as already mentioned, they can take – uh, their own video, uh, you know, uh, as we call it in, in today's modern day, uh, selfie, if you will, yeah. um, when they're, you know, out in the golf course. And then they can, through the V1 software, they can send that back and say, hey, I've been working on this, 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 and this, um, you know, since our last session. So, Ray, obviously that gives you an opportunity uh, to review what they've been working on um, and, and give them some, some pointers yeah. and some updates, correct? Yeah, it- Yes, a kid I helped playing at Southern Miss won the state am last year. He last week we had our state am, and the day before the tournament, you know, he's sending me video through B1, and we're, you know, having our dialogue. You know, I'm saying, I'm telling him here's what I'm seeing, and he said great, and he didn't have a great event, but do that all the time. Uh, I get I get videos all the time, and it's it, again, it's just a great platform for a coach to help, you know, your players get better. So I, I, I get a lot of texts, a lot of videos. It's it's pretty right. ongoing now. Um, and, and obviously, Brian, you know, you want to make it as easy as possible, especially when you get somebody that's as busy as, as Ray out there with uh, not just standard lessons, but obviously maybe uh, working with some players that he's, uh, you know, more regularly coaching. You want to make it, a, as you said, a seamless transition uh, between coach and player, um, and and they're not bogged down by you know uh, attachments and things like that. Um, so obviously that's something that's important to V1 to make sure that that's a, a good uh, communication transition for for both player and and coach. Correct? Yeah, it really is. I mean, really the, the one thing that uh, we love is we can put that tool in their hand, as you mentioned, with pretty much everybody having a phone that has a camera. And we don't make it specific to have to have this many pixels or this much frame rate. Whatever the native camera is in the phone, our software captures it. Um, Mm -hmm. It decodes it and encodes it coming back to the coach. So they don't have to worry about what format was it sent to me in, uh, what what speed was it sent in. And so that transition between capture and information back to the coach or even capture and just self-look, um, it sounds easy because we do it all the time with our iPhone or Android. We, we look at videos, we shoot, you know, everything we do in life. Um, right. But to know that that can essentially get checked into my locker, coach gets notified it's in there. Coach makes, to Ray's point, hey, just keep doing that, man. Keep, I want you to keep on that swing plane, keep doing this. 
checks back in the locker, I get a notification. It really makes it very, very seamless. We, we love that word, be one, because if it's not, we got to change it. If it's not easy and it's not seamless, uh, it's just not going to get used. And then we're not helping teachers and we're not helping students get better. So it's, it's, I know it sounds overly simple, but if it's not seamless, right. we change it. Right. And, and that's important. You know, obviously you want to have that. And, and Ray, as, as a teacher professional and coach, you know, one of the other things that you want is something that gives you the ability to show both past and, and present um, uh, results. So, you know, obviously V1 allows you to do side-by-side -side, um, uh, analysis. So obviously you can take um, multiple videos from uh, uh, the same student, maybe from six months ago to now, and give them an idea of some of the improvements they've done, correct? And, and obviously that's something that's important that, to you as well. Yeah, I had a, I had a young girl, high school girl. Uh, you know, she just saw me last week and uh, she's got the club coming inside early and I showed her today. You know, you could tell she had practiced a little bit. And I sh you know, after we did just a little bit of practice today, she was getting a little bit more up the plane and, and she saw it and she, it's just, you know, they get the gratification of seeing it obviously the ball's going to give them the most gratification, but when they see a little bit of, okay, I was here last week and now I'm here, it, it gives them confidence. Um, so yeah, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and, and yeah. al right. And also, you know, as, as you both had mentioned earlier, um, the great feedback that obviously a product like V1 golf gives the student is down the road. If they've, um, if that same problem has sort of creeped back into their game, they can go back and review some of the earlier footage that, that has been recorded and say, okay, yeah, this is happening again, um, and this is what we worked on. So it gives them a, an identification and a way um, to be able to sort of lock in uh, some of the things that they may need to do at this point if, if some of those old habits start creeping in. And it, and it gives them uh, you an opportunity as well to, to help them further with that. So I think that's fantastic. Um, Brian, I want yeah. to ask you, uh, without giving it away too many trade secrets, um, what's sort of the next step, do you think? What are some things, uh, and again, I don't want to give out anything that, uh, that maybe you're working on for this upcoming PGA show in January, but um, are there, uh, what's sort of the next step, if you will, for V1? Oh, man, um, that's a, it's a really great question. I guess I have to pause to think through, you know, what's, uh, you know, what's, what's right in front of us, we're pretty excited about um, that we have, I think we're almost at 10,000 teaching pros that use our platform. Um, and especially with guys like Ray that, that have, have not only been around there in years, but, you know, you, you don't, you don't win um, the, the accolades the, that a coach like Ray has without giving back to the game. And so when we look at that, we look at the amount of content that, that has been captured and delivered on our system that uh, we're coming up with a more focused effort for guys like mm -hmm. Ray and the content that they've captured to be pointed actually directly at young professionals, young teaching professionals. So that we'll have a mm -hmm. bit of peer-to-peer -peer learning going on because we talked about this early on the show. I can tell you the soccer coach that I was after I stopped playing professionally uh, pales right. in comparison to what I do now at 51 years old. I'm sure I've messed right. up a few young players along <laughs> the way and I wish I would have had some older coach mentors that weren't so close to the vest with some of these great secrets. So we believe in an abundance right. mentality, meaning that there's enough for everybody here and especially the knowledge sure. base. So that's one of them, this peer to peer um, growth of our game at the teacher level for sure. 
Um, also, V1 game is going to be coming out this summer where uh, if you think about it, you know, as a starting point, as a, as a, as a GPS app on your phone, but then it's going to have everything from shot tracking to um, mm -hmm. marker points so that when I get done playing golf, I can then say to Ray, if he's my coach, um, hey, Ray, I'm, I'm just sending you the stats from my round or a couple of rounds. And obviously there's a fee associated with that because I would want to sure. have an upgraded relationship with Ray. It takes time to do that. But the best part is that Ray knows what we're going to work on before I get there, much like a doctor has a pretty good intake from the nurse before you step into his or her office. Um, right. That's just going to make Ray a better teacher because when I say, Ray, I, just, I feel like I'm not hitting my seven iron like I should, and he looks at the stats and says, well, that's because you're hitting it from the right rough every time. Why don't we go back and talk about what you're hitting off the tee? Um, that's real stuff because if it was only relying on me to say, I want to work on my seven iron, I want to work on my seven iron, He's not going to know any better. That's what I come begging to get. But if, if we can start yeah. reviewing some of the actual data, and again, the, the data, the game doesn't lie, right? So if the game's the best teacher right. and the game doesn't lie, the ball doesn't lie, when it's sitting in the right rough, it, unless I was playing in a 30-mile-an-hour crosswind, it doesn't lie. I, just, I didn't manage it right. I didn't hit it right. So V1 game right. is going to be pretty exciting for us. And the final part that, that we are going to be launching at the show, but we're, we're really excited about is V1 TV. And that kind of combines mm -hmm. that teaching aspect of peer-to-peer -peer, along with, uh, gosh, we've got over 300,000 pieces of content that have been curated from everybody such as Susie Whaley and, and Ray that have done it on their own uh, to mm -hmm. a number of top teaching professionals that have said, I'm just kind of tired of putting it out there on YouTube, no offense to YouTube, but I don't really right. see how that benefits me or my students, and it just kind of feels like it's kind of choppy in here, there, and everywhere. So on V1 TV, yep. it'll really be specific to I can go find a teacher. I can look at a playlist, much like iTunes, if you will. I can buy a song or buy an sure. album. Um, I can just subscribe to the whole thing, and I want to really just consume everything Ray has taught. Um, it makes it an easier way to get it, easier way to find it. And by the way, in the end, it should bring more students to our teachers because there's no secret only about 15% of the entire uh, golfing population has ever taken a lesson. And we're always asking ourselves when we work with our coaches, how do we get that other 85% or maybe the other 75%, you know, uh, right. not just your one or two times a year player, but, but the big group in between, how do we create a better invitation for them to come talk to a professional either online or in person? And we think that's mm -hmm. a game changer because at that point, then when Ray says, hopefully AV1, hey, Brian, I, I cannot take any more lessons. I'm packed, man. Thank you. Then we've done our job. <laughs> we've really introduced right. that many seasoned coaches and young coaches to new people who have seen some of their content then checked out some of their stuff, maybe have taken part in that Saturday free 45 minute kick around lesson uh, to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to step across the line. I'm going to, I'm going to give that a try. This doesn't feel as intimidating as everybody made it out to be. And I've heard Ray talk before. I love the way he coaches like a real athlete. I don't feel like I'm going right. to be talked at. I'm going to be talked with. And um, mm. so Sorry for the long diatribe there, but that's kind of our, nope. our walk into this next year is really making sure that, again, we've got our teachers at the focal point of what we do and how do we get more people into that queue that are asking, how can you help me? And I think if we've answered that right. question for the next two years ahead, we, we'd be one have done our job. Yeah, well, I know, well said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Can't wait to that, that, new uh, product. Yeah, 
Um, listen, I'm, I'm going to be impressed, uh, Brian, if, if you're able to get uh, Ray out of his new studio. I think he's going to be so enthralled and excited <laughs> about it that, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure his, his family will be wondering where he is at night uh, and he'll be there and enjoying it. <laughs> you know, one, one of the things, and, and Brian, you really answered this question, so I'm, I'm not going to ask it, but I'm just going to add a thought and then we're going to, believe it or not, we're pretty much uh, out of time here in just a few moments, but um you know, the real question for the golf industry right now is, um, and and the numbers, you know, certainly don't lie. We've we've all heard the stats about the game, and you know, um, many people have gotten out and things like that. And and the industry's really tried to rack their brain and how do we get new golfers in? How do we appeal to this next generation? And obviously, technology is one of those areas that we need to uh, to focus on because they're all involved in technology in some fashion. So. Obviously, this is what you're doing, and I think uh, with uh, V1 TV and V1 Game, uh, Brian, I think this is really what you're trying to do, is you're trying to appeal to the next generation and get them interested in a um, in a game that um, maybe normally they wouldn't have been interested in unless golf was in their family already. I mean, that's how I got in. My father you know, played golf and got me in at a very early age, but that's not always the case in today's uh, society. So, um, you know, companies like yourself and, and obviously teach professionals like Ray have to find new, you know, innovative and creative ways to get people interested and, and involved in, in the sport. So it sounds like this is what you guys are trying to do. Uh, would that be an accurate uh, depiction? Yeah, it is. I mean, it, 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 we'll all, you guys know better than I do that, that one-to-one teaching is certainly critical and important, and it, and it is at the pinnacle sure. of how we learn. It's the best of the best. No one can ever dissuade that. It's been true for thousands of years and will be true in the future that way. But yep. uh, the way that we as, as consumers um, look at learning, and that I'm, I've got twin 18-year-old boys that I know for a fact learn uh, the way we're talking right. about right now. And at 51, yep. I'm very curious about it. And so if we can appeal to them and say, look, this, this kind of uh, – it isn't what you thought it was, and we really think you should come check it out. And by the way, golf is a hard game. So let's not lie about yep. that. It's a tough game. If we can make yep. it a little easier by what we're talking about and teaching about, number one, don't beat yourself up over it if you shoot an X amount of score. Um, mm. And we think we've got enough either content or ways to think about your game that actually won't slow the game down. We're not about <laughs> trying to keep anybody out on a golf course longer than they need to be. Um, it's right. just, are there enough data points in here that make it fun and challenging? Because people who learn – and you can insert the word golf here. You could insert a violin here. You could insert a piano here. Yeah. People who love to learn golf, if that's what I'm going to say, will be around for a lot longer than those who are just kicking tires. So if yep. we can turn on the learning light, we being Ray, yourself, D1, mm. and all of our teaching professionals, along with the PGA, the USGA, if we can turn on the yep. learning light, I think we're going to open up a, a whole new chapter in this game of golf versus telling everybody why you know, you have to play faster or you have to do X, Y, and Z. They don't have to do anything. They have to be inquisitive. And when they are, this game is going to grow. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, and Ray, obviously, you know, as a teach professional, um, I'm sure one of the things that, that you try to do is, is to get feedback from your students, not just about their golf game, but about the technology as well is, you know, what they like about using it and, and uh, what they see, which again can be valuable for for somebody like Brian and 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 the in the R&D uh, world, is to uh, to get good feedback from the coaches, not just about your experience, but about the students' experience as well. Correct? 
Correct. Yes. Um, you know, you uh, there again the 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 golfer coming in today. You know, the little bit they're just their golf IQ is a little bit higher than it was say 15 years ago. But you know, like Brian well said, golf is a hard game. At the end of the day, I, I say I laugh because I say that all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> because you know you you want them to understand that this is not going to just we're making these changes. It, it might not happen overnight. And uh, you don't want to turn them off, but you you want them to understand reality. Uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, the the technology that V1 has brought to the table, I I haven't seen anything better, and I'm very excited to learn about what he just spoke about because I I do use an app for for statistics. Uh, I encourage right. any of my competitive competitive players. Because I, you know, like he just said, I mean, you know, they might say, "Hey, I think I'm doing this. I think, you know, I'm doing this." But when you look at the stats, it's like, "Wait a minute, this is not what we where we need to spend our time today." So, um, right, it's going to be great. Yeah, and I think you know, obviously, um, as things evolve in technology and and uh, and golf in general. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's only going to get more and more exciting. And, and as I said, it's 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 like everything in life. It's a balancing act. You know, you've got to balance things out. Uh, you, you're not going to do away. I think this is one of the concern with maybe some of the more seasoned uh, pros that haven't jumped on the technology bandwagon is they're concerned that, you know, they're going to become obsolete. Well, that's never going to happen. You're always going to need to have a, a well-seasoned, if you will, uh, professional out there. Well, guys, I want to thank you both very much for, for joining me on Golf Talk Live. It's been a, a great and uh, very interesting uh, discussion. And I want to just give each of you just a, a second or two here um, if the folks want to reach out, to particularly, um, you know, Brian, if uh, there's some of the pros out there um, or especially some of the younger pros that maybe have not uh, uh, gotten into the V1 family, um, where they can go to learn more information about it, how they can get in touch with you or, or what have you. And then uh, Ray, obviously, is a teach professional here along the Gulf Coast. Um, for those uh, students that might be either living in the area that aren't working with you yet or maybe are down here on vacation and maybe need a little tune-up here and there, uh, how they can get in touch with you. So, Brian, I'll let you go first. Yeah, for our teaching pros that, that haven't been around, um, we've been doing this for a long time. I'd say go to v1sports.com, be the first place. Let us know that you're interested. And, and I would just connect you with any of our local pros in the area because they're going to talk – uh, and Ray's been very kind uh, with words, but, but we hear that a lot. And, and I'm saying that humbly that they're our best salespeople because, you know, we can tell them all we want about how great V1 is, but when they sure. go into somebody's studio or out in the range with them. So if you go to V1sports.com, um, great place to at least start to find other your, of your peer group that if you want to know more about the teaching system and for any of the consumers out there, the golfers that are looking to get better and just kind of how do I put a toe in the water? You can go to the app store or Google play or certainly on uh, iTunes and and download uh, v1 golf so you just do a search v1 golf it's a red icon click it it's free it's a great start we obviously have different levels you can go through up through paid subscriptions uh, but we have sure. over two million people that have just used that free app and it's an easy way to get connected with guys like ray so we know that we connect the two of them uh, we're going to be better off as a company and it's a it's an easy way to start so we have the app for the consumer we also have apps for pros but all that can be found at v1sports.com Perfect. Um, and Ray, uh, how about yourself? What's the best way if uh, those listening to the show, uh, whether it be a fellow pro or, or even uh, a potential student, how can the best way to get in touch with you and reach out? Well, online it's uh, Schuessler Golf or Schuessler Golf Academy. Um, you can 
Google that. And I'm in Gulf Shores, Alabama. I'm at a uh, Gulf Shores Golf Club. But the quickest way is just to Google Schusler Golf, www.schuslergolf.com. And I, I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been wonderful. And, Brian, I look forward to meeting you maybe at the show here soon. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to make a point of coming down and delivering the new baby. So uh, <laughs> you may be seeing me in person. I'm I'm pretty excited. And I think we're kindred yeah, spirits about the uh, belief about this the game. And, and, Ted, I echo what, uh, what Ray said. Really appreciate it. Um, love what you're doing for the golf community. Um, just can't say enough about it. And, and I think this is a big part of how this game grows is we bring it to uh, – to as many people as we can and just introduce it and then let curiosity take the, take over from there. Right. Well, well said. Well, Thank you very much for the, well the uh, compliments. And uh, I, I got to confess, I'm a little bit concerned that, uh, that both of you are going to be stuck in that, uh, uh, that uh, new studio and, and nobody's going to see hide the hair of either one of you. So um, well, we Ted, may have to, we may have to, too. yeah, we, well, there you go. Then that's different. I don't care now. Well, guys, again, Brian and, and Ray, thank you very much. It's been an honor and a pleasure to have both of you on the show. I really do appreciate it. And you guys uh, are welcome to uh, to come back anytime. Uh, Brian, if you've got uh, some more information, updates, maybe uh, after the next uh, you know launch, uh, if you will, if you want to come back on and, and uh, share some of that exciting news. And, Ray, you're, you're welcome as well uh, to join him and, and come on uh, separately as a teach professional. I'd love to get into more uh, in-depth uh, discussion about uh, this great game. But uh, thank you very much for spending time with thank me tonight here on Golf Talk Live. Thank you, Ted. Thanks, Appreciate it. it. All right. Have a great one, guys, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. Thank Good you. night. Night. All right. That was my uh, very special guest uh, tonight, uh, Brian Finnerty, uh, the Chief Executive Officer of V1 Sports, uh, obviously V1 Golf, and uh, Ray Schusler, uh, Director of Instruction at the Schusler Golf Academy in uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. You can certainly uh, find him there by uh, Googling uh, Schusler Golf Academy or Schusler Golf and uh, visit v1sports.com if you want to learn more information about that great uh, product as well. That's definitely some great software and uh, the technology is, is certainly uh, number one and uh, it's well deserved the accolades that both of them have received. So. I want to take this opportunity again to thank uh, the uh, group on the uh, Coach's Corner panel, Sue uh, Weger and uh, John Hughes. Thanks, guys, for doing a fantastic job and tonight's special guest. And I look forward to uh, being back uh, next week with another great panel uh, and another interesting guest. I hope you'll join me here on Golf Talk Live. God bless everybody. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.